Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can listen to us on all of our great ESPN radio stations across the country. ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We them boys. They were them boys last night. Wow. Dallas Cowboys ain't messing around. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, two teams in the Super Bowl last year. Not looking good right now. We had a 3-0 football game. (laughs) Otani is on the Dodgers. LeBron wins the in-season tournament. And good morning, everybody. How are you guys today? Yeah, nothing to see here when it comes to the world of sports. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing going at all. on. No big deal. But yeah, I mean, about the only people that had a better weekend than the Dallas Cowboys was Shohei Otani and his agent. I mean, they, they are popping bottles. They are celebrating. 700 milli? I don't give a damn that a lot of it's deferred. That's $700 million that you know you got coming to you. That is amazing. That's almost double what Mahomes makes. Well, Think about that. Well, here's the thing. Put it, let's put it in pro, uh, proper context. LeBron James is in year 21 in the NBA. He's made $428 million in career earnings from the NBA. Shohei Otani off of this contract alone is damn near doubling up on that. <laughs> and the best part about it for me is that he also has a chance to win a World Series. He's actually going to a place where he can contend. So I wanted Shohei Otani to be free and go to a place where we would be talking about him and it would matter. So I am thrilled, probably just as much as he is with his bank. Well, not as much as his bank account. No, no you're no. not as thrilled as he is. I can just, promise you that. No, that's true. In what world could you be as thrilled as he is? Because would be? I wanted him to go somewhere where we would talk about him. I was so sick of him being in the wasteland of the Angels, like Mike Trout. I mean, I want stars in baseball to be on the biggest stage. And so I'm glad that we're going to get to see Shohei Otani in the playoffs. Yeah, if you call it a wasteland. Is it not? not, No lies told. No lies told. I'm excited that he's going to be able to have this platform. I still can't get past the $700 million. $700 million. It's actually coming off the $70 million a year. It actually makes sense. Dave Roberts talking about his recruitment. Guess that didn't matter much, did it? You were right about that. Guess it didn't matter Well, you know what's funny, though? And we'll get to the Cowboys here. You said the other day, you're like, okay, if they offer him a hundred million more, he's gonna go wherever the hundred million more is with the Dodgers. We were talking about five to six, not six to seven. Think about that. Yeah. It's two hundred million more than we initially anticipated yeah. for this guy, which is just amazing. I'm not gonna sit here and say the Cowboys had as good of a weekend as Shohei Otani. It was close. But it was close. What was close. a destruction last night. The Dallas Cowboys did to the Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly what the San Francisco 49ers previously did to the Philadelphia Eagles. A 33-13 victory, and Dak Prescott, 24 of 39, 271, two touchdowns. In its simplest form, Dak looks awesome, and Mike McCarthy looks awesome calling Dak's place. Well, Dak's going to win the MVP this year. Yeah. That, that, that's what it came down to for me last night and watching that game. He was outstanding early on in that game. In the first half, you're talking about Dak Prescott converting 
four of six third downs, either running the ball or throwing the ball. The engineered four scoring drives, three double-digit play drives, and three touchdowns. By the first time the Eagles were able to force them to punt in the second half, the game was over. It was 24-6. to six. It was a wrap. And so I think you have to attribute that to the efficiency that we saw from that Cowboys offense. No problem scoring in the red zone. No problem on third down. Those are critical phases, especially when you're playing against upper echelon teams. And that, to me, was one of the biggest differences in this game as opposed to the one that we saw at the link a few weeks ago. Their execution in the critical phases and then the overall physicality that they were able to meet in an overmatch when it came to how Philly plays. So credit to the Dallas Cowboys. They couldn't play any better than what we saw last night. And Smalls, if that's the version of Dallas that we're going to see for the rest of the way out, there ain't a team in football that they can't beat, including the San Francisco 49ers. And if Dak is playing this way, too, he's absolutely on fire. He's taking care of the football, which is so huge for him. The Cowboys have been so dominant at home. This is 15 consecutive home wins for the Dallas Cowboys. They've scored 30 points in eight consecutive home games. That's the third longest streak in NFL history. They Mm. absolutely look formidable. And I love that they're finding this version of themselves as the season goes on. It feels like they're really building towards the playoffs, which is so important. And conversely, it feels like the Philadelphia Eagles are not. Smalls, give your measuring stick line after the game against the Niners with the Cowboys because there's a reason I'm asking. You said after that game what about the measuring stick? If this was a measuring stick game, they took the stick and they beat them with it. (laughs) So ever since that game, I believe in the previous eight games, if I'm not mistaken, Dak Prescott has had 23 touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah. You want to find a turning point moment for the entire NFL season? It may be... Arguably for both teams, the San Francisco 49ers destroying the Dallas Cowboys because what they have done, CC, since then, I mean, you look at Dak's game log, starting with last night, and I'll go backwards, touchdown interception ratio, two zip, three zip, four zip, two zip, four to one, three to zip, four to one, one nothing. I, I mean, you can't ask for more from a quarterback than that. You want to say he wins the MVP this year? I'm not going to fight that off because I think you're probably going to be right. Well, right now he's the presumptive favorite. He I has think to be. I think he's plus 180 to win the MVP. I think so. And then Brock Purdy is like plus 225. So clearly the, the odds makers love what they saw from Dak versus what they saw from Brock Purdy yesterday. Not that Brock played bad. It's just that Dak played better. And we saw that early on. Like in the red zone, they got a critical third down. And Dak Prescott, when all of his receivers are covers, he scrambles, he steps up and out of the pocket, finds CeeDee Lamb, and then up being a touchdown those are the types of plays that we didn't see from Dak Prescott in previous years under Mike McCarthy now you can say it's because of the ankle injury he might have been hesitant to run not necessarily regained his form from an athleticism standpoint but we are seeing a version of Dak Prescott that we've never seen before in the NFL and this guy right now is good enough to win a championship which is why I think there's even more pressure on Mike McCarthy to go on a deep playoff run this morning than there was going into this weekend Well, let's hear what Jerry Jones had to say about the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys after that win last night. Jerry, is this the most satisfying win of the Mike McCarthy era? I would say yes. Yeah. And it has to do with the fact that he came up off the operating table to not even wince and stand stand there and fight it all night and call it and coach it. You know what's funny about this? When we talk about why there's so much pressure on the Cowboys and why we have the conversations, Jerry adds to it. 
you don't answer a comparative question if you own or you're the general manager because now you're comparing it to other wins. You just say, well, you know what? I don't know. Tonight was a great win. We're looking forward to next week. And he gives the compare and the contrast answers. You're giving like it's almost like Jerry Jones, the producer of radio shows, because if you're in Dallas specifically today, you're doing the compare and the contrast of other games. Don't answer these questions, Jerry. Man, oh, man. But I think his point was he he literally got off the operating table, as Jerry said earlier in the week, and he gutted it out and was there to help guide his team to a victory. And that really set the tone, I think, that Mike McCarthy was like, I'm going to be here. I understand the importance of this game. And you know that they, he and Dak have been working so well together this season in lockstep. And the fact that, you know, he's able to gut it out and so did they. I understand what he's saying. This was not only against a quality opponent in your division that you're competing against for playoff positioning, but coming off those circumstances, it is a really big statement. Wayne. Yeah, it's a game that revealed the sports character of this team and the character of your head coach. And, and you check the box when it comes to both in terms of whether or not they can position you to win a championship. But in looking at the Dallas Cowboys and what they're bringing to the party, an MVP-level quarterback, uh, offensive line that's as solid as a brick wall, an all-pro wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb, a tight end that's playing like a pro bowler in Jake Ferguson, not one but two defensive players that are in the running for defensive player of the year, and a defense that's, what, top 10 in the National Football League? Why can't you go on a deep playoff run? Why can't this team get to the conference championship game or better? The only thing that I would point to, Ev, would be the head coach. That's that's the only question mark that I I, I still have out there for the Dallas Cowboys. Can Mike McCarthy be the difference in games against you know teams like the San Francisco 49ers and head coaches like Kyle Shanahan, head coaches like Nick Sirianni? That's what I want to see. And that question is not going to get answered in December. That is a January, and for Cowboys fans, hopefully February question. But right now, as, it's, as we sit here today, if Dak Prescott can play at this level, then there's no reason why Mike McCarthy can't get this team to the championship rounds. And that's why I think – we're going to start putting him under a lot more scrutiny because now it's about winning championships. It's not about regular season wins. The flip side of this game, the Eagles put up 13 points. If you look at the last two weeks, they've been outscored 75-32 against their two biggest competitors in the NFC in San Francisco and Dallas. I think we have all have to sit back and say – we may be a little bit concerned about Philadelphia right now because that back seven ain't anything special. The front four, yeah, we know on defense, very good. Jalen Hurts, we know he's great, but he hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. And there was, you know, drops by Watery. Devontae Smith had a bad drop at one point. No, A.J. Brown had a, had the worst drop. Well, I'm saying A.J. Brown's – but see, A.J. Brown's drop early on in the game – like, to me, that was the biggest one because you're talking about this team, you know, losing momentum after Jalen Hurts fumbles on the quarterback draw on the first series. And then you turn around and you have the drop by A.J. Brown on the second series that would have put the ball at the five-yard line going in. Like, you can't drop those passes. I mean, Jalen drops it in the bucket. He couldn't walk it to him any better. A.J. Brown has to come up with that catch. And then the red zone sack on the third drive that Jalen Hurts took. And then opening drive of the second half, A.J. Brown fumbles the ball. There are these uncharacteristic mistakes, but it's starting to become a pattern with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I get that this is the second week in a row that they're at a rest disadvantage. As a matter of fact, check that. The third week in a row that they're at a rest disadvantage because mm-hmm. they got the Bills off of the bye week. So I- I'm just I'm looking at this team and I'm wondering – are we going to see the Philadelphia Eagles that we saw last year in the playoffs show up at any point this season? 
And as this continues to go on and as we keep asking this question, eventually I'm going to land on the answer being no. That's how nervous I am about the Eagles right now. I was just talking to Hembo, who is a massive Eagles fan, and he said his panic meter is over five. Like, it's somewhere in that six to seven range. So, there's concern there. There's a little bit of angst. Their schedule brings it down, I think, a little bit, right, moving forward? Well, the schedule brings it down. They still have a really good chance of getting the number one seed. But I guess the fact that the door is open for the 49ers and the Cowboys is a bit concerning. But then also, what are they going to be once they get into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. This could be a team that's – it's on the board that they could be an early exit team. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you look at the way they played. Six turnovers on, from that offense over the last three games. Defense You're talking about that de- their defense, 109 points over the last three games. I mean, listen, you're talking about this offense giving the ball away and making mistakes and thinking that they have the defense from last year that can cover them, and they don't. This is not the same defense from last year. They don't have the same margin for error on the offensive end because their defense is old and slow in the back seven. So they got problems right now in Philadelphia, and I'm not quite sure how they're going to get them fixed. You guys can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Is Dak Prescott definitively the MVP right now? It certainly feels that way and not taking anything away from Brock Purdy. If Shohei Otani had the best weekend this weekend, who had the second best weekend? I don't know that anyone wants to argue that anybody had a better weekend than Shohei Otani, but the Dallas Cowboys certainly feel like maybe in in second place in terms of best weekend in sports. Coming up, Justin Timberlake once said, cry me a river. I don't know if he did that from Kansas City, but we will get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Go to ESPN.com slash for a chance to win $1 million. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. A streak has to continue this weekend. Make it nine in a row for Josh Allen. The interception streak continues against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, a little cry me a river, which we'll get to for the Kansas City Chiefs. I referenced Justin Timberlake, but I have to go to another Justin, Justin Bieber, because somebody needs, it's not too late to say sorry. Yes, I want to apologize to Dallas Cowboys fans for ever doubting your team, for doubting your quarterback, for doubting your head coach, and for doubting your defense. I didn't think that you can contend on the same level of the Eagles and of the 49ers. I was wrong, and I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart. I said coming into this season that the team would miss the playoffs. I was wrong. I said a couple of weeks ago that this team was soft. I was wrong. I said a few weeks ago, a few days ago, that the red zone woes were a little bit of a concern. I was wrong. And so Cowboys fans coming off of the biggest game of the season, arguably the biggest regular season game of Dak Prescott's career, where he came up aces and your head coach was great, coming off a week where he had an appendectomy. I want to apologize to you. I'm looking you in your eyes. <laughs> and it, it is a heartfelt apology, Amir Culpa. You are a championship contending team. I want to apologize for ever saying that you weren't. I want to apologize for doubting you. And I'm so sincere with this apology, I'm so sincere, that I am going to put a dollar in the bad take jar because of how I disparaged the Dallas Cowboys all season long. I'm sorry, Dallas. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. I was wrong. So that was major growth here on Unsportsmanlike. Are you going to snatch that dollar back if the Bills beat them this weekend? No, 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 I'm not going to start. No, because I I think that Dak Prescott is probably going to win the MVP. And I, and I did not think that Dak Prescott was capable of playing at an MVP level. I knew he was good. Everybody knew he was good. But let's not forget, coming into this season, people were wondering who had more pressure on them to deliver a deep playoff run. Was it Mike McCarthy or was it Dak Prescott? And I think now, based on the way that Dak is playing, there's no longer the question of whether or not he has that ability to win a championship because he's playing at an MVP level. So, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I think it's safe to say – that I was wrong about the Cowboys because I was wrong about their quarterback, mostly. Well, I can tell you who's not going to win the MVP. It's a guy who's won it multiple times before, and that's Patrick Mahomes because he ain't winning MVP, that's for sure. It ain't his fault, though. No, it ain't, it ain't his fault. Well, it ain't his fault. I ain't, the I ain't in-game finished. part no, certainly was not. Uh, after the game, maybe a little much. Kansas City loses to Buffalo yesterday, 20-17. to Josh Allen does keep the interception streak alive, so we're good on that Nine one. Nine games running, Nine baby. Nine in a row. Nine, Nine games in a row. Set your watch. And this one led to a score, by the way, for all those who don't think the interceptions matter, which, again, I have no understanding of that. But late in the game, Kansas City and Buffalo are going back and forth. Buffalo's up 20-17. to Second and 10, Buffalo 49-yard line, 112 to go. And Patrick Mahomes hits Travis Kelsey with a pass. Kelsey then throws laterals, not on, not designed, beautiful lateral. You'll see it on ESPN2 right now, to Katarius Tony, who then runs in for a touchdown. And we think at that moment, basically, oh, my God, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game on the most crazy game-winning type play ever. We're all going to sit here and talk about Buffalo and how they ran pass plays on the wrong half with a two-minute warning and they should have used the clock and all that kind of stuff. Those were all the angles ready to go. And then all of a sudden you realize Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, was over the line of scrimmage when that play happened. The referees called a penalty on that to which the Chiefs were going crazy, even though they did have plays after that. Let's not forget that. And Patrick Mahomes had a reaction on the sideline like we've never seen, slamming his helmet down, etc. And let's take a listen to some of the stuff that Mahomes said post game. So this is on the called back touchdown for Kansas City by Mahomes here. 
tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. All right, there's Mahomes. And then let's uh, – obviously the two weeks in a row, the Packers game he's referencing on the late game calls. Let's hear what he had to say. Let us play, man. Like, let us play the game. And then whatever happens, happens. Like, the whole – Throwing the flag and deciding the game one or another, um, that that that's what hurts me. That's why, like last week, I didn't say anything because it's it's letting us play, man. Let us let us go out there and win the game. And I said I'd rather them let us play and go out there and, and see who wins. I mean, that's what you want as a competitor is you, you practice all week to go out there and try to win, and uh, you want it to be about the, your team and that team and see what happens. You never want it to be. You don't want to be talking about this stuff after the game. Well, the talk is about the refs, and Mahomes doesn't like that. It's the call, man. Just in that moment, I mean, it's it's not even for my, myself or for me. It's just I know how much everybody puts into this game, and for it to to happen on a flag change outcome of a game um, in that moment. I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's the, we that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called. And if it does, you, they warn you. And there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It, it, I mean, it's lost words, man. It's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, it to end with another game and it, we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for any, for the NFL and for football. Guys, I, Patrick Mahomes has been in the league for a while now. He's one of the greatest players to ever play this sport. I've never felt the way that I feel about him right now after those comments. How do you feel? I can't believe that he went there today, or last night, excuse me. He made so many excuses there. Last week would have made more sense to make those excuses after a clear pass interference that wasn't called. You want the refs to not make a call because it was a cool play? I mean, like, hey, we should have finished that way? That was a penalty. In addition, Patrick Mahomes had three plays after that. He was 0-3 on those three plays. Second and 15, third and 15, fourth and 15. He didn't do anything after that. If that was the final play of the game, you want to react that way? Fine. Kadarius Tony was clearly offsides. Clearly offsides. It's on Tony. It's not on the referees. They're going to warn you? What? What kind of warning you want them to give you? That's ridiculous. I understand why Mahomes is hot, though, because Kadarius Tony being offsides wasn't material to that play. It didn't give him any inherent advantage. He wasn't even the attended receiver. That was Travis Kelsey. Now, rules are rules. Right. And I'm with you. If you're offsides, you're offsides. That's more on Kadarius Toney than it is anybody else, Agreed. including the refs. Mm-hmm. But based on how last week's game ended, because the refs didn't call an obvious pass interference on the DB covering MVS, Pat Mahomes is wondering, well, why can't the refs let this one slide in our favor as they let last week's penalty slide for the Green Bay Packers that ended up costing us a game. like it, it, What's good for the goose should be good for the gander. In this case, it wasn't. Now, different officiating crew, we all understand that. It doesn't absolve Kadarius Tony of any of blame. I just think that there is frustration from Pat Mahomes because he realizes that this receiving core isn't picking up on things as quickly as they need to in order for them to contend at a championship level. So we're seeing a level of frustration from him. 
a level of frustration from Chris Jones, all of the team leaders, because things aren't falling into place as they usually do this time in the calendar for Kansas City. But, CeCe, the way I look at this, and maybe I'm wrong, but the way I look at this is, is he's basically telling the cop, I know I'm going 60 in a 55, but can you just warn me before you give me a ticket? Well, technically you're going 60 in a 55. Well, here's the thing. He talked about the warning, though, and and that's important, too, because all receivers are pointing to the line judge, and they want to make sure that they're on sides, and usually you'll get a warning. As a defensive lineman, we got warnings. Hey, your helmet's in the neutral zone. You need to back up. Hey, your helmet's in the neutral zone. You need to back up. Like, they won't flag you unless you end up making a play. That, that 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 creates a negative, a big negative play for the offense. Like they'll flag you if you end up making a play on that one if you were offsides. But in this situation, it wasn't Kadarius Tony making the catch. So I get it. Pat Mahomes is saying, "Hey, where's the warning for KT?" Nobody said anything to him about being offsides the entire game. Did he do the point? Do we know if Tony did the point? Like to the referees, am I good? Am I good? Because I didn't see that. He may have, and I missed that. Well, well, I mean, Pat Mahomes was talking about it in a post-game press conference. There was no warning. Got it. So I, I guess that's the part. Like if you're offsides when you're lining up, the ref will say you need to back up a little bit before the ball is snapped. Like that's usually the mechanics of that play. So I think there is something to be said for his frustration, and there is a little bit of whataboutism in that. But that's not why Pat Mahomes was barking at Andy Reid on the sideline. Of course not. Pat Mahomes was barking at Andy Reid on the sideline because guys should know better right now, and they're not doing better. And that's the frustration because that's going to cost them not just a chance to compete for a championship. It might cost them a chance to win their division. And that's, that's absurd. That's crazy to think that it could be on the board that the Kansas City Chiefs might not win the AFC West. Who would have thunk that the Kansas City Chiefs would unravel a little bit, huh, guys? They've lost four of their last six. He can point to this call all he wants, but that frustration is about the state of his team right now and where the Kansas City Chiefs are. I mean, they turned the ball over and downs. They had opportunities after that to rally and put it together. And so many other times, though, Patrick Mahomes, even despite a call like that, pulls the magic out of the hat. He pulls the rabbit out of the hat. This season, it's just not happening for them. It's not. Well, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes may not have a feel for the Chiefs, but Michelle Smallman does because she picks them right every single week. So maybe Mahomes <laughs> and Reid should just call Smalls at 888-SAY-ESPN, by the way, in the Dr. Pepper call line. And forget what they think. Just get what Smalls thinks. All right. Uh, obviously, the, the Chiefs have always been a hot ticket. We know that. People are always showing up to Kansas City Chiefs games, and hopefully they are doing it by way of Vivid Seats. And here is more about Vivid Seats with CC. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, pro football are all in action, and Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, every dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It still reeks of bacon, wrapped with bacon, with a side of bacon, after a long NFL Sunday. I love bacon, but I never actually say it. Bacon just knows. But man, does he have some thoughts. And bacon, this is Upon Further Review with Chris Canty. Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, upon further review, right now. Yeah, but before I get into upon further review, oh, I want to no. apologize oh, to a Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, boy. I was wrong about my take on your team. You absolutely <laughs> have an MVP-level quarterback. You have a championship-caliber defense, and you have a play caller in Mike McCarthy. That's yes. one of the best in the National Football League. Yes, I, I am no longer doubting the Dallas Cowboys. As a matter of fact, I would be shocked at this point if the Dallas Cowboys don't make it to the conference championship Ooh. game or better. Shocked. So I apologize, Cowboys fans, because y'all can play with anybody. So they're getting past the divisional round now. They're getting past the divisional round. They're busting through that glass ceiling that is the second round of the playoffs. They're getting past wow. it. They're going See, to the conference championship. I know listen, what he's doing if this, now. If this, no, listen. If <laughs> – this is the version of the Dallas Cowboys that we see the rest of the way. The guys we saw beat up on the Eagles on Sunday Night Football last night. If this is the version we see, there's not a team in pro football they can't beat. And that includes the Eagles and the 49ers. Ain't a team in football that they can't beat. What about that's the how Panthers? Good, that's how good that team was <laughs> last night. Agreed. So I, li- no, I like so that no you're giving Big it. Mike... Big Mike's getting the love, too. I love that you're giving McCarthy the love because he, he deserves he's it. He's getting love. He's, he deserves he's also going to be allowing a lot of pressure. Okay, there but we go. But that's not a here nor there. All right, upon further review, the Dallas Cowboys are not in this. Let's go. Javante. The AFC North. It's possible that every team in the AFC North could make the playoffs. Every team will likely finish with a 500 or better record. And with the expansion of the playoffs to 14 teams, it's actually on the board that every team in that division can get in. We know that that's the best division in all of pro football. And after yesterday, where we had the Houston Texans lose, where we had the Indianapolis Colts lose, it is a door that is open for that division. If the playoffs started today, three of those four teams would be in, that being the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. And, of course, the Bengals are one of those six teams in the conference that are fighting for the last two wild cards. Right now, Cleveland controls their own fate. They look fantastic with Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback, and that defense we know is a different animal at home. The only team that I would say is shaky would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a little bit uneven. We'll see what their quarterback situation is moving forward. The offense is a work in progress with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan as co-offensive coordinators, but we got to believe that Mike Tomlin will find his way to muck up games enough to get to 500. That's only two more wins for them over the next month. I think it's possible that every single team gets in that division. The Bengals are 10th in the standings, so they would have to leapfrog. I believe it's the Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and Denver Broncos. But with the way that Jake Browning is playing, it's absolutely possible. So, again, 
the AFC North, best division in football, could be the first division to have every single team make the playoffs. Next. Broncos at Chargers. Yesterday it became painfully obvious that the L.A. Chargers made a huge mistake in not hiring Sean Payton to be their head coach this past offseason. They got a glimpse of what it could have been across the sidelines yesterday as they got routed by the Broncos. It might have been the worst kept secret in football that Sean wanted to go to L.A. to coach Justin Herbert. Hell, he was working for a network out in L.A. last football season. Everybody in the sports world knew it. Everybody in the National Football League knew it. I guess except for the Spanos family who decided to run it back with the coach in Brandon Staley that blew a 27-0 lead in the wild card round on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't understand why it wasn't obvious then. But now it's painfully obvious, and when I say painfully, I do mean painfully because you lost Justin Herbert to a broken index finger on his throwing hand yesterday. And so now they're going to be forced to deal with the reality that their team is going to finish last in the division and that they're going to have to make a decision that they should have made last year in part in company with Brandon Staley. The only problem is the guy that they're going to hire to be their next head coach will likely be the third best coach in that division at best, because you're talking about Andy Reid and Sean Payton both being head coaches in the AFC West. So it is ugly times ugly for the L.A. Chargers. They went cheap, and they got their ass kicked this season, and now they have to deal with that painful reality. Next! Lions at Bears. I didn't think that the Bears had it in them. I did not think the Bears had it in them. I just didn't. But they upset the Detroit Lions a couple of weeks after they put the scare of the Detroit Lions, the fear of God in them when they had to, when they had that loss where they were up with 57 minutes uh, played in the game. It was the last three minutes that they were undone against the Lions. Shouldn't have happened. But listen, Matt Eberflus could save his job if the Bears could keep trending in that direction. I'm going to say this again. Matt Eberflus could save his job if this team keeps playing the way that they're playing. They've won three of the last four games, and they hold the opponents in those wins to 13 points or less. Remember, Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach. Also remember that Detroit Lions' loss is in that span, so it really could have been four straight games. A lot of people question why they traded a second-round pick for an impending free agent in Montez Sweat from the Washington Commanders, and we're starting to get the answer for that in the last month of football. They got the head coach, who has a defensive background, a cornerstone pass rusher to go along with the rest of his defense. And now with the requisite pieces, you can see that this team overall is much more competitive. So yesterday's win was not about Justin Fields. It's about the defense being able to generate three takeaways, a defense that over the last four games has nine interceptions, which is the most in pro football. If they find a way, that being the Chicago Bears, to not finish last in the NFC North, then I think Matt Eberflus, more likely than not, is back on the sideline for the Bears in 2024. You're not wrong. They certainly are showing signs of life. However, if you're going to bring in a new quarterback, which all signs are pointing to that's what's going to happen in Chicago, are you ready to commit to him for at least two to three more years? That's my question. Because one of the worst things you can do for a young quarterback's development is have the volatility of a coaching change. And even though the Bears are showing really impressive signs of life, are you that sold on Matt Eberflus that you're ready to have him there for another two to three years to help guide his, his next quarterback? Hold the thought. 
We'll come back because they had one of the big upsets yesterday, we know, with Chicago over Detroit. We had some other upsets around the NFL. Hold that thought because Eberflus and Fields is an interesting conversation as to what happens from here. We'll get into some of the upsets in the NFL coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Whatever the over-under number is for yards and touchdowns, Zach Wilson over one game only it's a one-day sale with zach wilson he will be good this weekend and hit the overs for the jets we are on sportsman life presented by progressive insurance here on espn radio espn2 along with michelle smallman chris canty evan cohen with you so two big upsets on a day yesterday where the dallas cowboys made a huge statement the kansas city hold Chiefs. On, hold on let's let's stop right there cowboys fans <laughs> I want to apologize to you all from the bottom of my heart. I was wrong about your team. All of the Cowboys slander that I spewed this entire year, disparaging Dak Prescott, talking crap about your head coach, Mike McCarthy, calling your defense soft. I was wrong. And I couldn't have been more wrong than I saw last night when the Cowboys beat the brakes off of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Cowboys fans, I just want you to know that all of the Cowboys slander from me is over. You won't hear me say another negative word about your team for the rest of the season. It is all positive. Your team demonstrated last night that they can compete with and beat anybody in the NFL. Right now, sitting here today, I would be shocked if this Cowboys team doesn't get to the championship rounds. I would be shocked. If this Dallas Cowboys team doesn't get to the conference championship game or better, that's how much I believe in the Dallas Cowboys. That's how much of a 180 I'm making on my stance with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. I like the beebs in the background. A little sorry. Is Uh, it too late, though? No, it's not. It's It's never never too late. Never too late. Never too late. late. Is that why you wore this color today? Well, yeah, I got, I got the, the Cowboys, Cowboys colors on, Cowboys exactly. <laughs> I got the gray slacks with the blue sweater yeah. on, the blue shirt. Yeah, you just exactly, did the pin exactly. on the I wrote a little, little star yeah. on there. <laughs> He's going to shave his star in his head now. I'll be an honor, honorary shot. member of the Jones family. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we saw two upsets yesterday, two big ones, with the Bears and the Jets both winning. 
We talk about Eberflus slash Fields. Let's answer that question about Eberflus' future and Fields' future, for that matter, because Fields has played much better as of late, yet they're going to clearly have the number one pick in the draft. Even when the Saints tried to give the Panthers the game yesterday, the Panthers still find a way late to lose it, which, of course, gives the Bears the number one pick. That game was 14-6 in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden the Saints, uh, the Panthers are like, nah, come on, we can't win. That's, uh, how dare you expect us to win? So what do we think Eberflus slash Fields in terms of their future right now? Well, I don't think Justin Fields will be there, even though he's playing better and the Bears are playing better. And Matt Eberflus has really given you a lot of gray area in regards to his future in Chicago because the Bears are turning the corner. They are showing that there are building blocks here and that he's doing a good job in a lot of ways. But... If you're going to bring in a new quarterback, you have to be sure that you want to commit to Matt Eberflus for a handful of years because we have seen this time and time again. When you bring in a rookie quarterback and maybe things don't go as expected year one, you pull the plug, there's that volatility, there's that churn between head coaches and maybe coordinators, and that's so detrimental to the growth of a quarterback. And if this is Caleb Williams' likely destination, you want to make sure that you're putting him in a position to succeed. So... I don't know if the Bears have seen enough from Matt Eberflus to want to commit to him for that duration of time or if they think he's the coach to usher in the next era of quarterback, but they need to figure it out pretty quickly. Well, this is their, their second season with the staff, right? And I get that things have been clunky. You, you've had two firings from the coaching staff that had to do with HR issues, so th- there's, there's a lot of goings on, a lot of dysfunction behind the scenes, but I think Matt uh, Iberflus has shown us enough over the past month of football to want to see how this season ends. I, I'm not saying that he's done enough already where you're bringing him back no matter what, but if the defense continues to play this way, it's going to be hard to ignore. And ultimately what you want if you're the Bears organization is a good head coach. Can, can Matt Iberflus show you that he's a competent head coach? If the defense continues to forge an identity, which is his specialty, that's his side of the ball, if they continue to build on that, then I absolutely want him to come back because a quarterback's best friend is a defense that can create short fields and extra possessions. If that defense can keep doing what they're doing, it makes it the perfect situation to transition from fields, a quarterback that you still have questions about, to a guy that may have more upside at the top of the draft, whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake May. I just think the opportunity cost is too great to stay with Justin Fields yet another year after you've seen a year where you passed on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. I think it's next to impossible to pass on the next crop of quarterbacks with uh, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams. I I just don't think you've seen enough from Justin Fields to justify that, and that's why I think – You could move on from fields and still keep Eberflus. Detroit, the other side of that story, they've lost two of three games now, and their last three wins prior to that, in general, were by a combined 13 points. They are struggling big time right now, and the Packers, if they get a win tonight, all of a sudden are starting to think about maybe we could win the division. The other big upset were the Jets, after a week of controversy, after all the Zach Wilson doesn't want to play stuff, which Diana Rossini from The Athletic reported, which we all know was true. I mean, it was like nobody denied that that actually was said. All of a sudden, 
Zach Wilson shows up and has the best game of his life on Sunday. 27 of 36, 301, two touchdowns. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, said this was the best game that he's ever played. Zach Wilson looked comfortable, obviously had this mentality of, I literally have nothing to lose because I I lost it all already. And C.J. Stroud, the quarterback of the Texans, takes a nasty hit, bangs his head on the ground, goes into concussion protocol. Unfortunately for him, wasn't playing that well prior to that. And the questions are going to come in about the Texans, but for one day and one day only, maybe positive stories around the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, you said that Zach Wilson would go over on some of those totals that they have for him with player props. You said he'd throw four touchdown pass. He did. He threw for two. And you said that he'd go over 189 and a half passing yards. He did. He had a 300-yard day. So Zach Wilson looked good. You know for I mean? one day, I said. I'm not yeah. ready to pick that next week. But, but I guess that's the point, though. I mean, what does that mean? Is he a part of the quarterback room moving forward? Absolutely I don't, not. I don't think no that that one performance does that. <laughs> no. So it's great that Zach Wilson finds a way to help this team get a win. It's great that this team, this defense, could have something to show for what they've been able to do all season long with dominant performances against elite quarterback play. So it's great. This calms everything they call winning the ultimate deodorant. That's exactly what happened yesterday. But I have no illusions about what this Jets team is. They're still a long ways away from being able to contend for a division title and being able to contend to get to a Super Bowl out of the AFC. I just think things are good for one day around Florham Park. Sure, but if I'm a Jets fan, even despite the surprising win, that game yesterday is so frustrating to me because you see signs of what Zach Wilson maybe could have been, and you're like, why couldn't we get that consistently? I mean, all the drama that was happening last week, for him to be able to put that aside and step up for his team and have a performance like that, that shows me something about this person. For him to have the type of performance on the field that he had yesterday shows you why maybe the Jets were a little bit bullish on him at times this season and it's just if I'm a Jets fan I'm like why couldn't we have this version of you consistently you know what that shows me that he can play well when there's no pressure it shows me who is who he is his sports character the the, the bar was so low you were benched for Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon they gave the ball back to you to ask you to be the savior and they weren't expecting a whole lot and you delivered that's great your team season is already over and you'd already been benched twice uh, if you consider what, what happened this offseason with Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, again, stepping in and playing well when there are no expectations, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, show me who you are when the games actually matter. And that's, I guess, the biggest point with Zach Wilson. And that's why I don't think that yesterday materially changes his future when it comes to being in a Jets uniform. Oh, I don't know if it changes his future with the Jets, but there was a lot of pressure on him. Like, we were questioning his will to play, whether he even wanted to play. So even though the stakes are low as far as what the season is moving forward, Mm -hmm. I thought that the pressure was really on him yesterday to show something, and he did. You know, I think about when you ask the question about, like, what was different yesterday, why, I think about the Dolphins coach, Mike McDaniel, and when he took over the Dolphins, Brian Flores who I think is a very good coach, did not make Tua comfortable. There was no part of Tua Tua that was comfortable. Mike McDaniel comes in, finds a way to make that guy comfortable. Robert Sala has done a bad job of making Zach Wilson comfortable. Now, Zach Wilson has done a bad job of playing football and acting properly, but I do think part of this is the coaching. I think this whole thing this week somehow made this guy comfortable for the first time ever in his NFL career. Let's not blame Rob Sala, though. That's Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Fine. Coaching in general. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.